In this episode of Uncooked Conversations, we talk about being mindful of our media consumption habits and how that affects us, as well as wrapping up this season of the podcast and what it will look like going forward. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Allie. And this is Uncooked Uncooked Conversations. Conversations. Where we talk about life, family, business, and everything in between. Welcome to this week's episode of Uncooked Conversations. Except try this quarters? This years? I don't know. (laughs) It's been a while. Welcome to this episode that exists since the last one. (laughs) Let me check the Mayan calendar to see when it was. (laughs) Well, anyway, we're so glad that you guys are still with us. If you're listening, like the fact that you're still tracking with us, even though we haven't recorded for like four months, means a lot to us. So thank you very much. We yeah, appreciate what's that. wrong with you? Why are you still here? Because <laughs> we're funny. Uh, just kidding. Insightful. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to bore you with a list of like excuses and reasons why. It'd be a long list. It'd be a really long list as to why we have not recorded. We will just say... In short, it's been very difficult to get both of us in the same room when we're not exhausted. Yeah, exhaustion for sure is like a big part of it. Yeah, (laughs) when there's not like kids running around in the background and we're not tired and... When someone's not mowing their yard. Oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that aside, we have our reasons why we haven't recorded, but it doesn't mean we don't love you and it does not mean that we don't love recording because we actually really love this. I especially really love this. Every time Paul's like, I have a podcast called Strangers in the Pines. I have a podcast called Dust World. I'm like, don't forget to talk about our podcast, Uncut Conversations. Come on. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Uncut Conversations is like my secret hidden podcast. It's like the <laughs> hidden menu at In-N-Out. I don't tell people about it, but if they ask me about it, I'll point them to the right direction. <laughs> that is like a perfect explanation. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Whereas I I love it. Like this is just like, I think about it quite frequently, actually, like probably at least once a week or at least every other week. I'm thinking like, oh, I wish we could like have time right now to record an episode. Yeah. To be fair, the people that I tell about my regular podcast could really use this podcast, but I feel really (laughs) awkward telling them about it. It's like, (laughs) you need this podcast. Uh, This podcast is for you and your soul. (laughs) Yeah. So we want to give you a little update of what our plan is for this podcast. And so with that drum roll, please. This podcast episode is our... According to Ali's face, our season finale. It's our salsa finale. (laughs) (laughs) So this is our season finale episode. We started this podcast actually... One year ago. So it's also our anniversary episode. Mm -hmm. Sorry, honey, I forgot our anniversary. (laughs) And we'll probably talk more about that later. So this is our season finale episode after a whopping nine episodes. (laughs) One year later and nine episodes. To be fair, some podcasts do one a month. That's true. So that's actually not too bad. It's just because it feels different because my other podcasts are all weekly podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, gosh, we're so far behind on this one. Mm -hmm. But... We're doing pretty good. Yeah. So this is going to be our quote unquote wrap up finale episode. Although I don't really know that we're doing anything all that unique or different for this episode, except for announcing that it's our season finale. But I think what's going to be different going forward is we actually do have plans to continue this podcast. But for season two... It's going to be quarterly. (laughs) Quarterly. (laughs) (laughs) Just four episodes. I think we can do... (laughs) 
put it on the calendar. I feel okay with that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So basically, this is the season finale, and we'll give you a little gist of what we're going to be doing going forward. It's been pretty challenging getting us both in the same room, same place, same time. So instead of doing tele-episodes where Ali asks a lot of questions and I answer a lot of questions, which would be really weird, for season two, we are going to spice it up. We're going to add a few different segments and a, a few different ways of doing the podcast. We will continue to do these cool, you know, uncooked conversations between Ali and I, but we'll also bring in other interesting individuals, experts in their field or just people with strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> just interesting people to talk to, basically. Yeah. And then we'll also, Allie will do some solo episodes so she doesn't have to <laughs> interrupt me. <laughs> Uh, was there anything else that I forgot? I don't think so. That sounds good. Oh, I guess the last thing is like, we can't really promise you how frequently yet I want to get to the point where we can give you a predictable schedule on when to expect episodes. Right now, it's just going to be when we can. So hopefully you can roll with that. We'll call it our rolling schedule. Our rolling schedule. (laughs) Our roll with it schedule. But I think the important thing is that this podcast remains a passion of ours and something that we really love and get joy from. And we hope that you guys are also getting joy from as you listen. And so I think that's really what keeps this going. And regardless of like if we stay on schedule or not, there's like real true honest energy behind this podcast. This episode is sponsored by, do you mind if I tell you something brutally honest? That's the thing I say right before I tell you something really mean. If you enjoy listening to Uncooked Conversations as much as we love bringing it to you, and you'd like to support our efforts to bring you laughter, vulnerability, education, all wrapped up in one podcast, then click the link in the description. It'll take you to our Patreon where you can become a supporter of two different tiers. So go ahead and click the link below or go to patreon.com slash uncookedconversations. Now back to the show. So today we want to talk about consumption and what your mind is consuming. Ooh, we had a good idea for the name. Consumption Audit. Oh, that's right. That's a really great name. So Consumption Audit for your life. I mean, okay, so there's a lot of like consumption things in our life. We We consume consume caffeine. (laughs) We consume water. We consume food. We consume emotional energy, like just by who we choose to be around. Mm-hmm. We consume media, endless media. amounts of media in our day and so age. Much media. You're consuming media as we're telling you about consuming media. So I was thinking about this past year and the beginning of the pandemic, the various stories that I was hooking into and like how that was shaping my mind and my emotions and everything. And there was a certain point, probably about three months in, where I started making some deliberate decisions about who I was listening to and what their attitude was around all of the challenges happening around us. And like a diet. Yeah. And so, because I was realizing that certain people that I was listening to, like I would just feel more and more hopeless and like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, like all these things. And it felt really bad and it put me in such like a fear state. But then when I started listening to these other people, You know, it's not like they were in a totally different reality, like not paying attention to what's going on, but their interpretation of what's happening and their way of molding the challenge into an opportunity was really what inspired me. And so I started making deliberate decisions to pay more attention to those people because I realized that their stories of like, you know, what's going on and their perspective 
like what I consume is going to directly impact how I engage with the world, how I feel about what's going on. And so that's kind of the context for like what led me to want to talk about all of this is, you know, we're at this point now at like the one year mark of the pandemic starting and we have a choice that we can make moving forward as, you know, this pandemic continues to unfold. And I think the most important part, like the ramifications and the repercussions of everything that's happened this past year is going to start to unfold more and more. And I think that our filter for how we interpret and analyze what's going on is so important right now. I think that's also kind of like leads to why we created the podcast in the first place to be, you know, a voice of hope. We want to have hope, you know, like when you're hopeless, life feels just terrible. And so being able to have sort of believable or based in reality hope of like, these are sort of things that could actually happen versus like, I know people that often hope that they'll become millionaires from the lotto. Some people that does happen to the general populace that chances are so minuscule. And so basing your kind of like hopes on sort of more tangible things. Well, and I think there's such a difference between when you're in a state of hope versus in a state of fear about how you react and the results that you end up getting. Because if you just look at like, the actions that we take are influenced by our emotional state. If I'm feeling fearful, I'm going to take more self-protective actions. If I'm feeling in a state of hope and calm, I'm going to probably take not necessarily risky actions, but I'm just going to have more ease and probably make different choices. Yeah. Well, and it's definitely easier to direct people that are in fear. You know, it's because you have generally three reactions to fear. You're either going to fight, you're going to flight, or you're going to freeze, mm-hmm. right? And so those three actions are really easy to protect. But when you're not in fear, your your reactions to something, it could be anything. Well, and it's it's not a reaction anymore. Right, or your, the choices it's that you choice. make. It's a choice. And it's coming from that, like, internal place of security and possibility. And creativity. And so... When you're operating out of fear, you're always going to pick one of these three not great choices. Like they're great to help you survive like a T-Rex attack, but they're (laughs) not great to help you predict what your future financial realm is going to look like. You don't want to be making decisions for your future and like your investments and all these things based on fear, because what that's going to do is push you into hoarding generally. So you're going to try to like pull your money into the safest place, but You know, there's a parable about the sower. And this parable talks about these three people were each given money, essentially. And one of them had decided to bury the money. And he was the one acting out of fear. He was afraid if he lost this money, then his master who gave him this money was going to discipline him very severely. And so instead of investing it or putting in a bank or doing anything with it, he hid it. Right. And that's that moving out of fear versus having like a sowing and generosity perspective of I'm going to figure out how to thrive in this. And there's like another place in the Bible where there's like this drought and one person is told by the Lord, plant your seeds, because at this point, everyone's eating their seeds. Like literally they had no food. All they had left was seeds and everyone was eating seeds all the time. And his family was depending on eating these seeds. Like this is what he had, but the Lord's like, plant your seeds. And he ended up having such a harvest that he became the wealthiest man in the region. And so there are so many opportunities within calamity. 
calamity can destroy us. Mm-hmm. Or if we change our perspective and we look for those opportunities to plant, to be generous, to kind of push past our fear, it can really open up the door for just amazing, amazing results. Yeah. And I think that this past year, this pandemic, I mean, there has been calamity left and right. There's been physical calamity. We'll just start there with, you know, people getting sick with this very infectious disease. There's been relational calamity. I mean, the divorce rate has skyrocketed. I can't remember what the number is, but it has gone up so much this past year. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Why are you laughing? The reason is funny to me. You know, all of a sudden these people no longer are working out of the house and they're like, they didn't have that buffer of the 40 hours being separated. Yeah. And they're like together all the time. Like, oh, (laughs) I made the wrong choice. Mm. Obviously, we're proponents for being married and we want people to be able to engage in marriage and have strong, healthy, wonderful marriages. And so that saddens me. Yeah. But there's a little bit of ironicness there. You know, like a lot of people get married, but they don't expect to spend their life with the person they marry. You Mm -hmm. know, like a lot of people spend the majority of their time with the people at work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there's been, you know, calamity in relationships with divorces skyrocketing. There's been more tension, you know, in people's relationships, I'm sure. More stress around, like if you're a parent with parenting and having to juggle that. There's mm-hmm. been calamity yeah, in work. schools. Yep, schools. There's been calamity in work with people losing jobs, with people having to be home and having to juggle, like being a parent and trying to work from home and take care of the house, like being everything. Being a teacher, problems then, having losing nannies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to go there. <laughs> that is a calamity of its own. <laughs> in our household. Nanny getting. <laughs> Um, And then there's like the financial calamity, which kind of connects to work. But, you know, just also globally, there's this massive financial reset, you know, transition going on. And it's kind of scary and freaky in some way, in a lot of ways. But I think the key to all of these things is... And to state. Yes. Here, we're not masters. Oh, no. We are... You know, pupils with the rest of you listening to this. (laughs) Oh, yes. I get like stuck in anxiety for days on end sometimes about some of these things. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there because like it might sound like we have all the answers. Nope. More than anything, we're learning potential ways to help us move forward versus like we have mastered this and we are. Yeah. It's more like for me personally anyway, I struggle with anxiety on a regular basis And because of that, I'm like desperate to find solutions so that I feel better. And so I've just learned a lot of things through trying to find solutions for myself. Mm -hmm. And something that's coming to my mind is a book that I read probably about it. Was it about a year ago? It was called The Alchemist. Mm. And really, really good book. I actually don't remember like... You keep telling me about it. I guess I should read it I think you would really like it. (laughs) I think you'd really like it. But one thing that I took away from the book... That I really... Not Full Metal Alchemist, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I really took away from the book was this idea of you transform your own experiences into gold. Mm -hmm. And that it's not this end goal, gold or treasure that is external outside of us. But Mm -hmm. really the treasure is that forming and shaping of our character and who we are to become those people that when calamity hits, when difficult situations hit, when blessings hit, that it comes into us 
we work with it. And because of the character, the integrity, the tools that we have, we're able to shift and mold that and turn that into gold, turn that into an opportunity. And so just to lightly touch on each of the examples I just said, it's like challenge and marriage. Well, you take that challenge and you work with it and you find tools and you like work it out with fear and trembling and quite literally. We know what we're talking about here. We do. <laughs> we had like, a very challenging marriage. Yes, for a number of years. And, you know, we both have worked deeply with inside of ourselves and each other to kind of alchemize these challenges into something that's really good now. Yeah. And, you know, financial difficulties. It's like we can be like, oh, I lost my job. Terrible, terrible. Which sucks. It does. It sucks. It is terrible. Yes. And so we don't want to like lack on the compassion and empathy here because we absolutely empathize with how difficult that is. But there's also more. Yeah. There are opportunities out there. There are more skills you can learn. Yeah. And I remember early on in our marriage, Mm -hmm. you had kind of clinged to this phrase. There's more where that came from. Mm. Because we're having, I mean, a lot of our marriage, we've been very, um, uh, we've been poor, (laughs) y'all. Not to like the destitute, but we've been very tight budgeted. Just the feast or famine cycle that if you're a freelancer, you you know what we're talking about. And so whenever we're buying things or investing in things, like Allie had started to have this phrase that she would hold on to because there was a lot of challenge to just invest in this small thing we needed or, you know, buy shoes for the kids or whatever. And so that idea of like, there's more where that came from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about is alchemizing, you know, that job loss and like, man, this really sucks. But there's more where that came from. There are more jobs. There are more opportunities. Maybe I have to pivot fields or maybe I have to like look at this in a different way. But there is more. Yes. Like there's more. There's a lesson here. There's wisdom to be gained. There's, you know, yeah, like there is more. That's kind of what I'm doing. Like as a filmmaker, you know, the filmmaking industry. Yeah. Why don't you share a little bit about that process? Yeah. So I'm a filmmaker. We lived in LA for a while and really tried to like build connections and stuff, which went pretty well. I had a show that was going right before the pandemic and it just disappeared. Good. And so, you know, I've been trying to find footing basically since then of like, what do I do? Like, how do I For about a year. continue to build what I really desire, which is to be making films and telling stories in this way with the current climate? And that's led me to work using the Unreal Engine. And, you know, as I started to For talk those of about you who that, don't know what the Unreal Engine uh, is. So the Unreal Engine is a video game engine that creates real-time graphics. Basically, a lot of games that you see nowadays is using Unreal Engine. So, like, even dumbing that down further for, like, the technically illiterate like myself, <laughs> just think virtual reality filmmaking. Ta-da. Is that, I don't know. No, oh, I, I, don't see, know. I don't even know. Yeah, what I'm I don't know that I would put those two things together, but no? uh, Unreal Engine can do virtual reality. Oh, but it's okay. essentially it's. I thought a, it was virtual reality. No, see, uh, so Unreal Engine <laughs> is like Legos okay. in the computer, where mm-hmm. you can take like your characters, mm-hmm. your little mini figures, your characters, put them in a scene. You can take blocks and build the scene around them. It's like Minecraft, kind of. So you build yourself a level. 
But nowadays, it can be incredibly realistic and beautiful. Basically, it's the future. The future. But anyway, so (laughs) I've started to like really press into this game engine for filmmaking. And I'm not the only one. I wish I was the first. But if you've seen like shows like The Mandalorian, even Game of Thrones, they use this for previsiting, which previs just means like building a rough to look at all the images that they might want. So that when they're actually there on set, they have a much better idea of what they're doing. So these are all fields that are now available in a way you can use this game engine to do those things. And so you can do anything from pre-production stuff to actually making final ready for TV content. So I've started to move in that direction. And then that's kind of led me to talk to and meet several other people that are like, yeah, do that. I did that a year ago and look at all the things I'm doing now. And so that's just that idea of, you know, okay, I'm going to take these skills I already have and I'm going to pivot slightly to open new doors. Well, and the challenge was, is that number one, the film industry is incredibly difficult to get into, especially in any, yeah, period, but especially in any kind of like financially stable way. Right. And then the other challenge being, well, an opportunity that you did have got closed down a year ago. Mm -hmm. And then the film industry has more or less been shut down for a year. And I mean, things have just started up. It started to, you know, know, a few months ago, but... It's like someone sneezes and the whole production gets shut down. Mm -hmm. You can't live like that. Mm -mm. You know, like if that's your, like so many people, a lot of my friends are having huge problems because of that. It's like 150 people can't go to work for the next two weeks. Right. Like that is their income. Like what do they do? Right. You know? And so, yeah, it's very challenging. And so like with this, I'll be able to more or less make whole films in my office by myself. But obviously I want to work with other people. And so... Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to pivot. But I think me. that if you had been stuck in this place of like fear and in this place of like, oh, there's no hope, you know, like, what are we going to do? These ideas probably wouldn't have connected for you or it wouldn't have inspired you in the same way, I would imagine. I mean, I think what I'm saying is like, there's definitely a very real element that's the fire under your butt to change, which is yeah. kind of this like, oh, what are we going to do? But I think when you stay in this place of like, oh, there's no hope. Defeated. You don't want to stay in a place is. of yeah. defeatedness or like oppression. Yeah. And there are tools to help you with that meditation, mm-hmm. you know, eating therapy. the right things, therapy. But you want to try and transition from that place into a place of like, okay, now how do I pivot this? Yeah. You so know? I think it's not like making the pain go away because there's a very real pain there Yeah. of like, this hurts. I don't have like either work that's satisfying or I don't have work or, you know, whatever it is. And like, it's not trying to make that pain go away, but it's how you interpret that pain. Yeah. It's like, is this pain something that is resolvable that can actually be turned into something like better? Or is this pain something that is just defeated? Sort of like the Gottman unsolvable problems, you know, Mm -hmm. like, is this something that is always going to be here and I should learn how to deal with this better? Mm-hmm. Or is this something that I can actually work to be free of? And pain in general, you know, sort of the therapy idea is like, we shouldn't be ignoring our pain or stuffing our pain or right. trying to just ignore our stuff. But uh, the pain is there for a reason and we should try to be with it as best we can. And for all of us, that's different degrees. But then as we're letting that pain come through, like figure out how we can use that energy mm-hmm. to move forward. Yeah. Um, because it's, it is super easy to get stuck. Yeah. You know? It can be. Yeah, it can be. So I guess this is like a really great segue kind of 
circling back to my original ideas and comments around what you consume. Right. You know, we can't do this alone. Yeah. This is not like some individual process of like trying to muscle our way through and I'm Mr. or Mrs. Independent right. and I can figure this out. Like this do requires... It in a vacuum. Yeah, this requires support from other people and it requires surrounding yourself with the right people. And books and media and yes. food. <laughs> and food. <laughs> and air. Yeah. And I think... You know, the books and media part is actually really important. Okay, so there's that phrase of like, you are the The sum sum. of the five people that you're surrounded by. And if you look around in your friend circle and you're not like surrounded by people that you really feel like uplift you and all that, like those five people don't necessarily have to be people that are real in your life. I mean, ideally, like you want to get there where you have true relationships that are vibrant and life-giving and really like push you to grow in a healthy way. But like you can use books and authors and influencers and podcasters and just whoever else who inspires you, who makes you feel like you want to be a better version of yourself. You can use those people as influence for you. Yeah. Those can become like your quote unquote five people that you're consuming. Yeah. Basically like you can choose who's on the board Mm -hmm. of directors of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And you want to look at those people and say, like, what is the fruit of their lives? Mm -hmm. And then if the fruit is what you want, if you're like, okay, that person has these fruits that I want in my life. And when I say fruits, I don't mean fruits. I mean, like, what sort of successes or achievements do they have in any area? Do they have a great family that you're like, man, I wish I had a family like that. Or maybe my family sucked growing up and I would really love to be able to be a father like this guy is. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in their finances, they did an amazing job. And, you know, like I love those zero to millionaire kind of stories of people that crawled out of poverty to become something, I don't want to say greater because having money doesn't make you greater, but definitely it gives you more influence. Look at those things and you can decide who's going to feed that part of you that you can build up to become everything you want to be. Yeah. And just because we have massive change going on in our world today does not mean that you can't still become that person that you want to be. It's probably going to look different. It's going to look different for everybody. So we may have to grieve and let go of the plans that we thought that we had that were going to happen. And that's a very real process. And it hurts. It sucks. And it hurts. But at the same time, there is an other side that is also beautiful and glorious. Yeah. I mean, even just like us being here Mm -hmm. is like a big testament to that idea. Two years ago, we were in LA. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that needs to be its own episode. That would be a really powerful one. Yeah. Like turning grief into victory or, <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, there, there's a little taste of something to come. I think the last point that I would like to bring up, and feel free to bring something else up after this, along the same lines as those people that influence you. Also, and I did touch on this earlier, you know, with what's going on in the world today, with all the media and all the stories and all the events happening so quickly, I mean, literally, you turn on the news and like, seven massive things have happened and there's just always something new, always something changing. And I think it's really important that we... Who's the government impeaching today? (laughs) It's so important that we monitor and think very critically about the interpretations of the events that are happening in the world. Yeah. Because 
you know, we have a lot of news media outlets that have very strong opinions and they're very emotionally based. If you really look at the articles, it's really hard to pull out just the facts because the majority of it is like people's opinions and the majority of it is just trying to color the events in a particular way to make us feel a certain way yeah. about what's happening in the world. And typically- it's all pretty bias. They put us into like a fear or anger state. Yeah. This like, oh, yeah, I'm so mad at this group of people because blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, gosh, I'm so scared. I better, you know, and so it's... The end is nigh. (laughs) And so I think that becoming more of a gatekeeper of your mind and your emotions and paying attention to the way that various media, various people who share events... Like, even just friends and family, let alone YouTubers who share about events, like, be very mindful of the spin that's being put on factual things. Mm. So, like, one example is that the past two years I've been learning and studying real estate and getting into that field more and more as, like, an investment strategy for our family And when the pandemic started, I was like freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, like what's going to happen? Because, you know, I'm very new. And so I just didn't know. And is real estate going to still exist? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Like, are people still going to need places to live? Like, of course they are. Is everyone just going to turn into a virus and float (laughs) around in space? Start renting out bodies. And so there were some people I was listening to in the real estate sphere that were very like kind of fear-based and like, "Uh uh-oh. And then I had other people who were like, we don't know what's happening exactly, but like things are going to be okay and just keep focusing on the facts and the numbers. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I can either like keep listening to these people who are a little bit more fear-based or I can listen to these people that have some like confidence and hope and not the fact that they're confident like oh everything's gonna be peachy keen like they were very grounded in reality of what's happening like some things will really suck but this is how you can get through that but like there's hope as long as you're open-minded and as long as you are willing to pivot and adjust yeah and willing to develop the skills and the resilience to make those shifts Mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of those podcasts that you're talking about were really beneficial and uplifting. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about having a hope based on experience, facts, and numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, and these people that had hope, the only reason that we can trust that hope is because they had hope, they had experience, facts, and numbers. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, this is the numbers and the facts of what happened in this period of time. And this is what happened. And this is what it looks like now. And so we can guesstimate that if we predict the worst, this is what it'll look like. It's still hopeful. Yeah. And so definitely we are continuing to not base everything on your feelings and floating away and everything will be peachy keen and fine, but find the people that have the facts, the experience and the numbers so that you can find a real hope. Yeah. Love it. Meditation can help you find centeredness. Yep. Not always hope, but centeredness. Mm-hmm. Religions can help you find hope. Spirituality. Spirituality. Yeah. Connecting with something greater yep. can always help you find hope. Yep. When you realize how small you are in the grand scheme of things, I think that helps you recognize like, oh, okay, there's more. And there was something that I talked about with my therapist last week about the locus of control. Yes. You are in control of what you consume. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you get to decide what you put into your body, both what you listen to, what you physically consume, who you're around, all of that. 
And so when you are feeling really stressed and fearful and frightened after consuming something, that might be a good opportunity to do a little audit. Yeah, to uh, maybe cut that from your diet. <laughs> yeah, and I guess as a homework experience, it would be cool if you're interested, you can make a sheet and write down things you're ingesting and how you feel about them mm, afterwards. Actually make choices about what you're consuming instead of just consuming it because that's what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and like out of habit and make note of when you're kind of going down the rabbit trail just out of impulse versus yeah. making a conscious choice. Right. That's awesome. I love that idea. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. I hope you really enjoyed it. And good to be back. it's good to be back. And hopefully we can keep this going, especially with our new segment ideas. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. For social media, you can find us at Uncooked Convos, C-O-N-V-O-S, on Instagram and Facebook. Although I will be honest, we have not been on there very much recently. But you can also actually email us, Uncooked Convo, with no S, so C-O-N-V-O, at gmail.com. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. So you can just find our email address in the show notes. We would love an email from you. So, you know, we're not on social media much at the moment. But I definitely am on email every single day. So if yep. you send us a message, especially a nice one, then <laughs> we would love to respond to you. Just stroke our egos. <laughs> we could use it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have any questions, we'd also be happy to read them on the air. So. Oh, that's true. I love that idea. Question yes. segment. Send us questions. I want to hear questions and topics that you want to hear. Yeah. Do you want to have this random couple <laughs> answer questions that you have? Yes. Great. Well, that's all for now. So till next time, we're, we're on, on the, the journey, journey with, with you. you. On this segment, Allie's going to rap. My name is... No, I'm not doing it. <laughs>